Amen, amen. Thank you for joining us. We're here Wednesday night Bible study, Exodus chapter number 16. Uh, we're actually gonna be beginning in verse number two. Now, uh, we're gonna just kind of set the stage just a little bit here. Uh, Exodus chapter 16, this is shortly after God has brought his people out of bondage. Um, now, many of us can identify with that. I especially can because I lived a life of sin. Uh, was definitely in bondage to sin. And when God brings his people out of uh, bondage, out of Israel, uh, life changes. I, I know sometimes when we go from one season to another season, it, it's hard. And we identify with the previous season and we get so uh, entangled in the way God ministered to us in our first season. That when God brings us into a new season, we dig in our heels like a mule. We, we push it back and we don't want to go. We want to be like it used to be. But I want you to know God is in the now. I want you to know that if God brought you out, he's going to bring you in, but he's in the middle too. If God is with you, he's with you. And that's one of the things I want you to get out of this message and uh, beginning in verse number two, uh, Exodus 16, the word of God says, and the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And right out of the bat, right out of the bat, whenever uh, Israel begins coming out of the desert, out of whenever they begin coming out of Egypt, they begin to murmur and murmuring is just the voice of a disgruntled and untrusting heart. Did you know that? Did you know that murmuring is it, what it does is it gives a voice. It gives credence to an unfaithful heart. It, it, it begins to bicker and complain. Uh, it takes you, murmuring does, it takes you from looking at a situation with eyes of thanksgiving and it replaces those eyes of thanksgiving with critical eyes or a critical spirit or sometimes even a comparative spirit. A comparative spirit is where you judge God's blessing by what you perceive is God's blessing in someone else's life. And you can't do that because God knows what each one of us needs. He knows uh, what helps us and he knows what hinders us and he knows how to guide us. And each one of us are wired a little bit different. You know, there was an old book about the five love languages and because everybody receives love in different ways. And, you know, that's on a miniature scale. But when you think about how you're wired and how God knows what you need, um, he he puts you in positions and in different environments for a reason. And uh, one of the things that you see here is that God brings Israel out of Egypt and they begin to murmur. Why? Well, the why is in the next verse, but I want you to see they begin to murmur. That's you right there. That tells you you've stepped off of the thankful platform. Once you step off of the thankful platform, things begin to go downhill. Um, and, and no matter what's going on in our lives, we have reason to be thankful, especially as New Testament believers. We have an in, a, eternal inheritance awaiting us in glory. And, and so no matter what we go through in this life, it pales in comparison to what we're going to be uh, receiving uh, for eternity. And, and when we look at it like that, it makes a difference. But notice here, it says that they begin to murmur, verse 3, this is Exodus 16, verse 3. The children of Israel said unto them, would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the flesh pots, when we did eat bread to the full, for you brought us forth to this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. What they're saying is, you know, God killed the firstborn of every Egyptian. He killed the firstborn of everyone that didn't have the blood applied to the doorposts over their homes. Every single one, the firstborn died. And, and in spite of that blessing, God's people turn around and say, we don't like this new season that we're in. It's not like it used to be. We used to, yes, we were in bondage. Yes, we complained about it the whole time. But you know what? We had food. 
and we don't like this new season that we're in. And there, you know, most people don't like it when they go from one season to a new season. You know, one of the things that you see in America right now is we've all been thrust into kind of a new season. Everybody has kind of been thrust into this thing together. Um, and, and there's a lot of prophetic things, a lot of end times things. You can look on our podcast a couple of weeks ago. We touched on those things. I taught on them pretty deep. Um, but one of the things I want you to see is that when they went from Egypt into the, the desert, did God provide for them in Egypt? Yes. Is God going to provide for them in the desert? Yes. But it may not be the way that it used to be. The way that God provides may change. God may feed you one day at the king's table, and another day he may feed you by the mouth of a bird, by, the, by a raven. He may feed you a different way. He may provide for you. He may help you in a way that's unfamiliar to you. But God never changes. He may use different ways and he may use different means, but God doesn't change. He's a provider for his children in every season of their life and he gets us to where he wants to take us. So what does God do? Uh, they begin to murmur. They begin to murmur. And let's look at what uh, the children of Israel begin to do. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven, for you and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. See, one of the things, this is where we find the, the manna. This is where manna is introduced into uh, the nation of Israel. Manna was a special bread that God made from heaven. Jesus said in, in John chapter 6 that he was that bread. Uh, but this, this manna that God gave to the nation of Israel, he gave them free food every day. The problem was they didn't like it. Um, it was unfamiliar to them. But God told them, you know, to gather it up uh, for six days. On the sixth day, you gather up twice. And on the Sabbath, on the Sabbath, the seventh day, uh, you, you don't gather anything. If you do it this way, you'll have enough. Well, one of the tendencies that you see in America right now is that whenever people are uh, feel like their cupboard is getting empty, they go out to the grocery store so that we can fill up again. We, we hoard. There's a, a hoarding problem with uh, toilet paper and hand sanitizer and all kinds of things like that. And, and, and so we see on a small matter, can you imagine here in the nation of Israel when it's just simply bread? Can you imagine for just a minute that you had no bread? All you had was a promise that if you went to Brookshire's or Walmart in the morning, there would be one piece of bread for your home. And that would, that would be sufficient for your home. And if you want more, you'd have to come back the next day. And if you want more, you'd have to come back the next day. And then on the sixth day, you'd get two pieces. And on the seventh day, none. Now, what that would do is what God says here in verse 4. God said, I'm doing it this way. Why are you doing it this way, God? Why don't you just give us five loaves of bread so we can freeze them and get them out of the freezer when we want them like all of us hoarders do? Well, God did it this way, he says in, in Exodus 16, verse 4. He said, I'm doing it this way so that I can prove them whether they'll walk in my law or no. Another way of saying it would be, God is testing them to see if they will be faithful to what God said. One of the problems that Jesus saw in, in John chapter 6 is that people were coming to him for the bread that he gave when he fed the 4,000 and then he fed the 5,000. People were coming to him for the bread, but they weren't coming to him because he was the source of the bread. They were just coming for the food, not because it was coming from his hand, not because he was the source. And see, this is a, a big, profound thing that you have to understand. God is wanting the nation of Israel to come daily for their daily needs. And it, what it does is it's creating trust. 
to where they're looking unto Father God for our daily needs exactly like Jesus taught. And, and those daily needs were met. God made provision sufficient for the day. He never promised a savings account for the nation of Israel. He promised to meet their need one day at a time. And, and, and it caused them to come to him each day. And you know, that's what God wants you and I to do. He wants you and I to come to him every day and say, Lord, this is a new day. You have the things that I need. You know what they are. And I'm just committing that to you. I'm trusting it in your hand. And Lord, I just believe today you are going to provide for my needs. And ask the Lord and the Lord will be glad to do those things. We, we see that in scripture, but what does it look like from the world? Look at it from the world's perspective. Look at it from the perspective of all these nomadic people in the desert as they're watching the nation of Israel come in and, and, and get this wafer on the ground once a day. It, it looks crazy to them that they only pick up what they need. If you saw fields of wafers, you would go get barrels and, and put it all in there. But the Lord said, if you do that, it's going to go bad. In fact, the Bible says it would, it would get corrupted and worms would begin to grow in it if you began to hoard more than your daily measure from God. If you began to hoard it, you, you were not trusting that tomorrow God was going to provide for tomorrow. Do you, understand, do you see the concept? That, that God is saying, I've got your today. Now tomorrow, you're going to have to trust me all over again. You're going to have to wake up tomorrow with nothing in the cupboard, and you're going to have to trust that I'm going to honor my word, and I'm going to deliver what you need. You have what you need today. And you're going to have to release the worry and release the care, release the doubt, release all that and believe that when you wake up tomorrow, if you wake up tomorrow, that God will be there. And if God be there, you know he's going to meet your needs. That's what God was trying to get across to the nation of Israel. And the, the big word that I, that I see in, in this passage in, in Exodus 16, verse 4, the, the word that stuck out to me is the word prove. Prove. What does it mean to prove something? Well, if you've ever walked on a wooden bridge, you know what it means. You ever walk on an old wooden bridge that somebody made 100 years ago, you don't put all your weight on the plank of wood because it may, it may be dry rotted and you might be falling in the creek or the empty creek bed. Uh, but so to prove it, you just, you test it out. You test it. You put a little bit of weight on it. And if it holds a little bit of weight without cracking, you put a little bit more until you, you prove it, you test it. And then you know whether it is faithful, whether it has integrity. Uh, the integrity of a building means it's solid. There's no fault in it. And when it comes to our walk with God, that, that faithfulness is the trusting of God's hand that, you know what, God's going to, God's going to help me today. God's going to get me through this day. And I don't know what tomorrow brings, but I know God's there. And if God gives me tomorrow, when I open my eyes, my Jehovah is going to be there and he loves me and he's going to take care of me that day. But today he's with me right now. And I have him in my life. I have him in my life. I have what I need. And that's where God is intending uh, this to go. And one of the things, like I said, I wanted you to see is the word prove. And there's a couple of passages in the Bible. Uh, I, I always believe in letting the Bible define the Bible. Um, so that way you're not getting some weird definition. You don't have to go to 15 different Bible translations. You can stay in uh, the, the same one is always a red flag to me when people got to, you, you can't preach without going to 15 different ones. Um, but go, go with me, if you will, to Daniel chapter one, Daniel chapter one. So you're going to go past the book of Psalm, past Isaiah, past Jeremiah, 
all the way through Ezekiel, then to Daniel. So Daniel, you remember Daniel, he was um, of the nation of Israel, and he and some of his uh some of his godly friends, they were carried into Babylon. How many of you know that's going from one season to another season? It's just like Israel. Israel went from a season of being in Egypt and then in the blink of an eye after the, the plagues, they were delivered and they were brought into the desert. They went from one season to another season. Daniel here. Uh, Daniel was uh, a godly man and then all of a sudden, the, the city falls, you get taken into captivity. Now you have become a servant or a slave to a, a wicked, ungodly Babylonian king. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself nor his walk with God in the new season. And you have to get that kind of an attitude. You might have to say, I don't have my bearings in the new season yet. I don't understand how this is going to go. I don't understand how long it's going to be. I don't have my bearings yet, but I'm going to purpose in my heart that I'm going to honor God with all that I am and all that I do. I'm going to even step up my game more and pray more and study the word of God more. I'm going to purpose in my heart not to defile myself nor my walk with God. And um, one of the things that happened was he and his, his friends, they were uh, told to eat of the king's table, eat of the king's meat. And Daniel, he knew that it would go against what God had said. He had purposed in his heart, like he said, not to defile himself. So, then, and, and you can look at that in two different ways. You can say, well, maybe there was something from the law that he wasn't supposed to eat. That could be it. Um, and it could be that whenever they made this food, they could have sacrificed it to false gods. They could have uh, sacrificed it to false gods, and Daniel knew not to eat it. He was going to abstain, uh, whether because of, uh, 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 of the Levitical law about food or whether it was because it was um, given to false gods. But either way, he's not going to do it. You kind of, you, you know, sometimes you're going to be in situations where you kind of have to get defiant. You, you're either going to be purposeful and in, in, in live in a life that is full of integrity, on fire, and holy unto God, no matter what it costs you. And, and in seasons like we're in right now, you, you need to get those bearings. You need to get the, the spirit to guide you in, in that time, but... Look what Daniel says, uh, well, here in, in Daniel chapter 1, verse 12, Daniel told um, the prince of the eunuchs, because the prince of the eunuchs is the one that's in charge, and he said in verse 12, prove thy servants, I beseech thee ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. And, and, and you know the rest of the story, Daniel said, if you do that, we're going to be as good or better than the people that eat the king's meat. You, but prove us. Let, in other words, test me. Test me. Test what God is doing in us. We're not going to defile ourselves. God's hand is on us. You know, I don't know that a potato has as much protein value as a, as a slab of meat. But I know when God anoints that potato, it's going to do God's person better than the meat that's been offered to an idol. That's what he's saying. And he said, prove this. Prove thy servant. Prove thy servant. In other words, try me. Let me get tested in this area. And that's the exact same word that God was giving to the nation of Israel when he gave them manna. Remember Remember, manna was given once a day so that the next day they would have to trust God all over again. When you go to bed at night and your cupboard is empty, and you can think about this with your kids or your family, when you have people that are depending on you and, and people that need you and you use all that you have in the home and you have nothing left in the cupboard except a promise that God said, I'll meet your need every day. That creates 
trust. And that's what God, that's where God wants to get us. And God said he was doing it that way so that he could prove the nation of Israel, uh, separating the faithful uh, from the untrusting. Uh, now, there's a couple of more passages in the Bible that we're going to get to talking about uh, this proving, this proving. Now, the second one is going to be in Malachi chapter 3. So if you know where Malachi is, good for you. But if you don't, it's the last book of the Old Testament, right? Last one. Right in there before Matthew. So in, in Malachi chapter 3, um, this, is a, this is interesting because the, the nation of Israel, they were doing a lot, but they weren't getting ahead. And a lot of times in our own lives, it's this way. We, we do a lot, we, we, uh, we give, we work, we have our baskets, we put things in our baskets, and then we look, and then there's nothing in our basket. It, and, and God was, you know, getting a hold of Israel here in Malachi, and he's getting to them about their tithes. Now, uh, one thing I will tell you is that the tithe is an Old Testament principle, this Old Testament principle, because in order to tithe, you have to have a Levitical priest, okay? Um, it's, it's part of the Old Testament system, but I want you to, to understand what God said. Um, so in Malachi chapter 3, Look at verse number eight. Let's, let's read here. Eight, we'll read eight, nine, and 10, okay? Uh, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. Imagine God telling us that, he, that somebody's robbed him. Right? But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now, the tithe... It, it, it is the same principle. It's about trusting God. And this message is not about giving. This is about trusting, okay? It's not a message about finances. Um, so don't, don't get in that gear. But God is saying, you're, you don't have what you need because you're cursed right now because you're not trusting me. You're not trusting me. You're not bringing the tithe in. And, and, in the Old Testament, the tithe is that part. It's kind of like, you know, how you live paycheck to paycheck. A lot of people do, and maybe you have just a little bit left over. Well, that little bit, that's kind of that amount. And God is saying, that's what I want. That creates a trust level. Well, look at verse number 10. God said, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. Now listen, and... Prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So God's word here was, try me. Can you imagine God saying that to us? Try me, test me, prove me. Don't you know? that you can't outgive me. If you'll do what you're supposed to do, I will do what I want to do for you. But you have to trust. That's what he's saying. And, and so the Lord is commanding the nation to trust him. Can you imagine how heartbreaking that must be for God to say, you know, I've been faithful. I've never let my people down. And what I desire is that you trust me that you have faith in me. And because they were withholding their tithes and offering, it was a form of not trusting God in that area. And God is telling them, you look at that. This is uh, Malachi 3, verse 10. He said, prove me now, here with. Prove me now. Can you just imagine the Lord telling us that? Can you imagine the Lord just speaking to you, saying, test me or try me or prove me? And so I want you to see in, in Exodus chapter 16, God was saying he was going to prove Israel. But here God is telling Israel, hey, prove me, try me, test me on this area. Watch what will happen if you do what you're supposed to do. Watch what will happen. And so this proving, now think about it just a little bit, just on another level. Think about it on another level. 
Israel at this point in time were stuck. They were collecting, but they weren't gaining. They were just treading water. They were like doggy paddling. Nothing was going right. Nothing was working. They weren't getting ahead. How many of you, you know, sometimes you feel like every time I take one step forward, there's two steps I go backwards. Every time I think I've arrived, I'm, I'm, you know, bottom falls out again. And, and, and sometimes we get in those seasons and that's exactly where Israel was. And God is merciful and he's long suffering and he's telling the nation of Israel, you don't have to be where you are. You're struggling. You are not walking in the blessings that I have for you. You are not walking in the joy. There, you know that there's new mercies. There's new joy every day. Every day can be a blessed day. Every day you can walk in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Those blessings are available to God's people, but because of their lack of trust, they weren't actually receiving all that they possibly could from God. Do you see that? So God's saying, you know, you, you're, you are at this place right now where you're not walking in uh, the blessing that I have for you. And the only way you're going to get there is through trust. And so God is saying, trust me in this area. Prove me in this area and watch if I don't pour out to you a blessing, and look what he says at the end of that, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. There's not room enough to receive what God has for those that will just simply trust. And so um, it, it, it is an amazing concept that we see here in this passage. Now, we're going to go to, to a couple more passages. If you will, go over with me to, to John chapter 6. Uh, there's a, a place here in John 6. I want you to see that Jesus uses the same concept. He used the same concept here at the beginning with Philip. Now, Jesus was testing he was testing, he was proving, he was doing the exact same thing that God was doing with manna in Exodus 16. This is all throughout the word of God. And, you know, I would encourage you, you want to study this out, go find other places where God is testing people, God is refining, God is trying, and God is getting people to a place where they will trust him. And so in John chapter 6, beginning in verse number 5, it says, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and he saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said, listen, this he said to prove him for he himself knew what he would do. Now, this is... This is a test for Philip. It's not a test for me, not a test for you. It's a test for Philip. But what I want you to see is that God is doing the same thing. He did the same thing in Exodus, and he's doing the same thing here in the book of John, and he spoke of the same thing in Malachi chapter 3. What is that thing? He wants, to, he wants you to see what's in your heart. He wants you to see where you are. He wants you to see that he's faithful and that if you'll trust him, right? What's the proving? He wants Philip to see whether Philip has faith to believe that whatever need is present, there is a God who will supply the need. And that's the charge that we have when we go from one season to another season and we're not familiar with the new season, it's critical that we understand that no matter what season we're in, our supplier has not changed. The supply channel may change, but the supplier is the same. God is going to take care of his children. He is faithful. The question is, are we trustful? Are we believing? Are we trusting in this season that God will meet our needs just as much as he did in our previous season? Are we trusting God in that kind of capacity? Do we have faith that it's not just a hope that is with us, 
but God that is with us? Do we realize that it is more than us just hoping to get by when we have a God who does still supply? Do you see that? Now, one of the things I want to get into is just kind of uh, bringing this into our now. And, and I realize you can kind of take a lot of this into our now, but there's a specific area that I, I want you to see in this. This is, we're still, we're on this word prove. And I, I want you to know that you can still prove God today. You, you can prove God today. You, you can, uh, you know, you can set your foot on God a little bit, or you can just put both feet on God and trust that no matter how much weight you put on God, he'll hold you up. One of my favorite scriptures is in, in, in the book of Psalm when David said, when, when my heart is overwhelmed, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And I want you to know that no matter what season you're in, no matter how much weight you need to put on God, he can hold you up. And, and I would encourage you that when we're in a new season like we're in, to throw all of your weight on God again. Find your bearings again in your dependence on God. Where you found your uh, true spiritual bearings, where you found, you know, your, uh, so to say, your true north, where you found reality, spiritual reality, it's when you leaned on God, you trusted God with all of your heart, when you depended on God with all of your soul, that's when God began to change things in our lives. And, and God is the same. He's the same in this new season. And when, when, when you need God, he's there. He's there. He wants you to trust him again. Just re get into that place where you begin to trust him again. And I want to show you uh, how we kind of get off track and how to get back in that track next. So um, let's go over to Romans chapter 12. And I want to show you something there. Romans chapter 12. This whole this whole Bible study, we've been looking at how to prove God. We've been looking at ways that we prove God. And I want you to see that that, that is scriptural. That That is God wanting you to release your care, release your fear, release your doubt, and begin to trust him in the now when you can't understand. Uh, just, just for a minute, just think about these examples that I've, that I've described to you. In, in, in the book of Exodus, when you're talking about manna, it's hard for them to fathom because they've never been in a place. We've all went to Sunday school and we heard about manna. We know what it is. We know the end of the story. They didn't. They went from having food from the Egyptian Pharaoh given to them to a place where they're in a desert and they wake up and there's a little wafer and they have to trust that that wafer is going to, to supply them till the next day. So there's a, a lot there that we don't see sometimes because it's hard for us to put ourselves in their shoes. But whenever you study the word of God, one of the most important things that we can do is just to begin to look at it from the, a biblical perspective. Put, try to put yourself in their shoes and then, you know, look at Daniel's case. Daniel, the same way. Had the nation of Israel ever been thrown into captivity into a, a Babylonian kingdom? No. He had no promise. He had no uh, nothing to stand on except for his integrity and his trust in God. And that integrity and that trust in God is what propelled him through the Babylonian season. It propelled him to be used by God in a mighty way. And so, you know, you can look at our situation that we're in right now. We don't, it's unfamiliar to a lot of people, but you know what? God can use you in ways that you weren't used in the last season. What's it going to cost? Integrity and trust integrity and trust prove God and God will show you if you throw all of your weight of trust on him he'll meet you in that place prove him in this area now watch Romans chapter 12 and we're going to begin in verse number one Romans chapter 12 beginning in verse number one you know it's it's amazing that um, you know sometimes we find ourselves in situations uh, that look like, look like we were better off back then. But you know what? It's the same God in this season as was in that season. 
You, you can't look and compare one season to another season if you realize it's the same God in both seasons. You see what I'm saying? It's the same God in, in, in each season. So you're going to be taken care of. Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse number one. Listen, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And, you know, a preacher like me, I, I preach holiness a lot. Uh, you're going to hear that kind of verse here a lot. But, um, and, and that's one of the keys. It, it is giving yourself to God, not holding anything back, being consecrated to God. Um, but look at verse number two. This is where it gets interesting. And be not conformed to this world. Somebody say this world, right? Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, listen, that you may prove what is the, that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Guys, you know that God's will for you is often very different than what we think. If, if, if our, let me say it like this. If our minds are not renewed, by the Holy Spirit and by the word of God, we're going to sink to the level of the world. We're going to begin to believe that we have to hoard toilet paper and not trust that God's going to meet our needs. Now, I'm just saying that using a specific example, a simplistic example, uh, but do you understand what I'm saying? That God's plan, God's love God's compassion, God's provision, and specifically as you see here, God's will, the will of God for your life. Do you think that God's will is to not provide for your needs? Do you think that God's will is to leave you high and dry, to leave you without peace, without joy, without his presence, without the blessings of God? There is no person on earth that can separate you from the love of God. Paul teaches that no height, no depth, no, no, no demonic spirit, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Not only that, not only can nothing separate you from the love of God, but Jesus said that he said, my peace give I unto you, not as the world give, give I unto you, right? And he said that that peace, no man take it from you. The peace that God gives us, do you realize that all the blessings, all the promises of God are in Christ Jesus? Yes and amen. You are a walking blessing when you're walking in the power of the Spirit. You are living a blessed life because God's a part of your life. Not because you have a, a, a Rolls Royce or a new house or, you know, a, a 401k. That's not the blessed life. The blessed life is having God in your life. God is what we need. And, and so I want you to see that when our mind is transformed by the renewing of it, and we're going to touch on that. But when our mind has been renewed properly by the Spirit of God, he reminds us and gets us back to that place where we can prove or know or realize or trust God's beautiful, amazing, and as he says here, good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. God's will for our lives. It, and, and if you look at this verse, just kind of dig in it just a little bit more or look at it from another perspective, that if you are not diligently seeking God, if you're not in the word of God, if you don't have the spirit of God renewing your mind, you know what? You are not going to know your left hand from your right hand spiritually. 
you're not going to know what God desires to do in your life. You're not going to know uh, the, the peace and the joy that God has for you when you don't spend that time. This, this, this verse could not be more clear. We often, you know, we live in the world right now and you, you, you can't turn on the news without getting bad news. You can't turn on the news without getting reports of how awful it is and how this is wrong and this is wrong and everything like dominoes is just going downhill, downhill, downhill. And, and the child of God has a duty and an obligation, especially when you come from one season to a new season, to keep your mind in the word of God, allowing the spirit of God, just like a washing machine, to renew it. That's what that, that word renew uh, is like a cleansing. It's a renewing. It's, it's a washing. It's turning it over. Sometimes it has to get agitated. Sometimes you got to get some bleach in it, you know. Uh, but the, the spirit of God knows how to renew you and get you back to that place where you're in a simplistic trust of the Lord once again, where you're back into that place where you say, you know what, I, I can't control who's president, I can't control the weather, I can't do this, I can't, but you know what I can do? I can trust God. I can hold on to God. I, when, you know, one of my pastors used to say, um, if you can, uh, if you can hold on to God, right? Hold on to God, and He'll hold on to you. He'll pull you through if you can stay in the pools. What He would say, uh, but you know, this is a beautiful reminder that oftentimes we don't keep our minds um, in the Word of God and with the Spirit of God renewing it. And when we do that, we begin to think critically. We begin to think comparatively, and we begin to think like the world. We begin to criticize why we don't have what we think we need to have. Then we begin to look at other people, and we begin to say, well, they don't do what I do. Why do they have more than I have? Or they don't, um, they don't help like I help. Why do they have what I don't have? We begin to compare. This is exactly where we began this message. Exodus 16, the murmuring that, that commenced in Exodus 16. That murmuring that began to commence was because they got into a place where their minds weren't being transformed and renewed, but they began to compare and criticize and complain, and they began to look at what the, what the world could do and what they didn't have, and they stopped trusting Jehovah God. They stopped believing. You know what? If God can get us out of Egypt, he can do anything. They stopped doing that. And I want you to remember that God has done an amazing work in your life. If you're saved and born again, that is the greatest miracle you'll ever see or know in your life. You don't deserve the, the salvation that God has given you if you're a child of God. And if you're not a child of God, you don't deserve it, but God has it available for you. The, the cross at, at Calvary, Jesus paid the price for your sin. He paid the price uh, that you couldn't pay. And, and he rose from the dead on the third day, triumphant over death, hell, and the grave, opening a way for you to be born again. That born-again reality is a blessing. That is a blessing. That's taking you out of Pharaoh's hand and bringing you into a new place, a new season. And, and when you're here, look, if God delivered you from Pharaoh, he's going to deliver you from quarantine. If he delivered you from Pharaoh, he's going to deliver you from the land of quarantine like we're in right now. Um, let me take you to one other place real quick. Ephesians 4, verse 23. Ephesians 4, verse 23. And, and this is part, you, you gotta, our, our church knows that this is one of my favorite passages of the Bible, and it, it's part of a group. Um, but I want you to see one verse in particular, Ephesians 4, verse 23. Uh, what I was trying to say is it's, it's hard for me to just read one verse in this section. Um, but it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Uh, see, why I told you that is because 
the, the renewing that takes place in the life of believer, it begins in the mind. It begins with what you put your mind on. It begins with what you put in your mind. It, it begins with knowing and trusting God and having your mind renewed. Once you get your mind renewed, you get back to that place where you can trust God again. But if you don't spend time with God and you don't uh, you know, spend time... What I guess the best way to say it would be de, uh, decontaminating from the world, you know, getting all the junk, getting all the clutter out, uh, uh, just getting all that out. And the Holy Spirit knows how to do that. The Holy Spirit knows how to do that. And then get renewed. Let the Holy Spirit rise up within you to remind you that God is faithful, that God is true, that God is merciful, that God, uh, he provides for the needs of his children. Listen, abundantly, more than you could ever ask or think, God is able to meet the need of his children. And like he said in, in Malachi 3, he said, prove me in this area and watch I will pour out a blessing more than you can contain. You know, Jesus said the same thing. He said, when you give, he said, it'll be given back unto you. Uh, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto you. How much more, God? If, if, if Jesus was talking about a principle about men, how much more? When God gives to his people, he provides for their needs, and he's telling you that if you keep your mind in tune with the world, you're not going to trust God. You're not going to hold on to God. You have to keep your mind in the word of God, praying in the Holy Ghost, allowing the Holy Spirit to renew you. And as you begin to get renewed, you, um, what I, I call it, you come back to your senses spiritually. You, you, you go, oh yeah, I remember. This is that place where, you know what? It doesn't matter if my uh, cable bill gets turned off. Maybe I don't need it. It don't matter if I don't if I'm not able to go to Starbucks anymore. Maybe I don't need it. You get into that place where you just begin to let things go. You just say, you know what? Maybe I don't need that. Maybe I don't need that. But one thing I do need, I need God. I I need more of Him. I need His presence. I need His His power. I need His sweetness. I need His renewing. I need His cleansing. I just need Him. I need His presence. That's you know that's what I crave. And 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 that's one of the that place that God begins to renew you and me and gets us into that place where we say, Lord, I just trust you like I should have at the beginning of this season. When this season, when you took us out of Egypt and you brought us into this place, I begin to complain. I begin to murmur, but Lord, now I know I'm called to trust you. And, and when, and I just want to encourage you in one, one last thing before we close but when you go from one season to a next, go back and look at Exodus 16. And go back and look at Daniel 1. Go and look at Malachi. Go look at John 6. Go look at, at Romans 12. When you go into a new season, it's more imperative than ever to keep your mind renewed, to keep your mind in a place where you're allowing the word of God to come in and the spirit of God to, to touch it and breathe upon it and to remind you that God has not forsaken you. God has not forgotten you. God is with you in the fiery furnace. You know, God loves you just as much as he loved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if he's not going to leave them alone in the fiery furnace, he's not going to leave you alone in, in the fiery furnace of affliction. He, he is a comforter. You know, I was telling uh, somebody else the other day, go back and read those verses in John 14, 15, and 16. Remember, the Holy Ghost is your comforter. He's there to be with you for God's presence to be in your life in whatever situation you're in. You can go back and read, you know, Romans 13. Uh, I'm sorry, in Hebrews 13, verse 5, where God said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. In, 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 in the verse, it says, never, never. Can you imagine there's never a time that God leaves his children, that he's there with us in the middle of our situation? What a blessing, and we neglect it when we don't have our minds renewed by the word of God, by the spirit of God. So 
you know, I just want to encourage you, go back to Romans 12. That, that verse is going to take on a new meaning for the season that we're in. That verse is going to take on a new meaning for this new season. You're going to have to spend more time getting renewed because when you don't, fear and a, a lack of trust, untrust will begin to creep in. But the, what I've noticed in, in the children of God in this season is the more you begin to pray, God's peace and his presence is stronger than it ever has been and when you're not you, you feel more alone than you ever have been so I want to encourage you to keep your mind renewed by the spirit of God stay in the word of God meditate on that word of God hang on to it think it over um, you know if you don't do a reading plan do a reading plan if you don't study the word of God study the word of God but do what you have to do to get the word of God in you. Do what you have to do to get the word of God in you and then pray, earnestly seek God, purpose in your heart, just like Daniel did, purpose in your heart to trust God like never before and watch what God won't do. Prove him, prove him in that area. And when you are renewed, you'll begin to see, go back and read Romans 12 too. When you keep your mind renewed, you'll begin to see God's good and, and, and acceptable and perfect will for your life. You'll begin to see that. Your eyes will, will begin to see what you once couldn't see. Can you, can you see that? It, in, in Exodus, God had all this blessing, all this provision for his children, and it was available for them, but a lot of them had their minds so stuck on Egypt they couldn't see God's hand in the today. Well, I want you to know today is a new day, but God's in it. And if God's in it, he's with you. He's not left you. He's there with you. And I want to pray with you as we come to a close in this Bible study. Uh, I want to pray with you um, before we close. Um, I want to thank you for joining us on our Wednesday night Bible study at Gospel Lighthouse Church. If you have any questions or uh, need some help, you can uh, put a message here or you can message us here at the church. We, uh, we, we have a lot of uh, people in the church that we, we're working with on different things. And if you need help, that's what we're here for, to publish the gospel and to go through this together, loving one another together and, and loving our, our fellow man out in this world. And uh, we also want to uh, tell you that we're, we are having church this Sunday. If you want to be a part of it, we're having the drive-in church. So... You can come and uh, stay quarantined in your car, or you can come sit outside six foot apart, but uh, we're going to have the message, and we are excited about it. It's going to be Palm Sunday. We're getting ready for our Resurrection Sunday, and we're thankful that God is with us in our situation. Amen? Isn't God good? Let's go ahead and pray. Thank you for joining us on this Bible study. Heavenly Father, we bless you tonight, Lord. I, I just pray over each person watching this, Lord. I thank you for their desire for you. And Lord, I pray that you would anoint this message, that you would bless it. And Father, that you would take us into a, another place, that you would take us into a season of life where we are trusting you, where we are trusting you in, a, in greater ways than we ever have. Lord, we are just agreeing together in prayer, Lord, that we're going to trust you like we never have. We're going to keep our minds renewed. And Lord, we pray, Father, that you would open up our eyes to see your will and your presence in our situation and in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you never leave us. Thank you for the love of, uh, that you have for us, the love that was given to us through Jesus Christ, that love that, that can never be separated from, from you to us. Lord, we thank you for that love, and God, we ask your blessing in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen. Thank you for joining us on this Bible study. We will, our, our next thing that we're going to do is our uh, drive-in church here in the parking lot at Gospel Lighthouse Church, 4350 Panther Drive. Uh, come on out and worship Jesus Christ with us this Palm Sunday. You can even bring a palm branch if you want. Shake it. We're going uh, to say, uh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We're going to be excited about it. 
Um, so if you want to come, that's our next thing. And then uh, that Sunday night, we're going to do another Facebook Live uh, service that evening. So God bless you. Thank you for uh, tuning in.